The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Fun episode coming today. John and I are going to break down the free agent market, not only give our top five at each position, but also talk about who potential suitors might be and how much money we see these players getting. Obviously, that is a fraught exercise here, given that we don't know what the economic situation is really going to be yet, but still worth giving it a shot so far. Before we get started, I want to remind you we're brought to you today by Built Bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code locked on the name of this podcast network locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order so start big or start small here let's uh let's start big i think the free agent bigs are a little more interesting absolutely so who is your and i guess i guess we could talk first of when you're talking about ranking these players i kind of think of it as who i would want to give the most guaranteed money to that's kind of how i i think about ranking these players and that's going to be a function of how good the player is now but also of course uh, of age and projected performance going forward and also just how many different suitors they might have how many different places they can fit in so is that kind of how you think about it as well do you have a different philosophy well well, basically, I mean, the one thing is when you get into some of these older players, you might say, I might like this guy more on a one-year deal, but if I'm giving out three, four years, then I would definitely prefer this 25-year-old guy ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, the number of 25-year-old guys who are available as unrestricted free agents is relatively minimal here, as we'll, of course, talk about. So give me your number one free agent center. Yeah, I think it has to be Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. Uh, I know he's not, he doesn't fit in neatly as like people's idea of a starting center necessarily because he's he's a little undersized. He's not a shooter. There's some defensive questions, but his motor just runs so hot. He's such a good finisher. He's so good playing in, you know, in, in pick and roll, whether it's short roll or, or rim running or, um, or even, you know, beasting against a switch occasionally, runs the floor. He just does so many things to help you win especially at the offensive end that i think he has to be the number one guy interesting all right i have him much further down and part of my reason for that is just that i think his he's a good guy to boost your offense i think on a bad team like he despite the fact that he's played on the clippers who have been good the whole time he's been there Mm -hmm. i think he fits much better on a bad team because of his defensive deficiencies and he can but he can really boost your offense in that sixth man role the reason i have other players ahead of him is i don't think he's gonna be the focus of as many teams even if you might argue that on a bad team he might make more of a difference than some of the guys that i have above i have more of your traditional two-way center types 
uh, above okay. him. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, why, why don't we run through the the rest of your list, and I can kind of I can just react to them. I mean, you can kind of drive it in terms of uh, the rankings, and I'll I'll just say when I disagree. But okay. let's so let's just talk about Harold first, I guess. Um, who would be in the market for him outside of, of course, just simply returning to the Clippers? So I, I, I do think a return to the Clippers is probably in the cards for him. Uh, I look at Charlotte as a team that could make a play for him. Um, they need a center. They have a lot of room. Uh, it's again, it's not a great market for unrestricted free agents. And a lot of these teams, um, that do have space are in a rebuilding mode. I wonder if Phoenix would take a look at him, even if he's not a perfect fit. Phoenix can get cap room by basically waving goodbye to Dario Saric and Aaron Baines, in which case he'd have to be able to play with DeAndre Ayton, though. It's not a clean fit. Yeah, yeah, uh, that and- that encapsulates some of the issues I see. for. I, I agree with you on Charlotte. I think that's one where, especially with his age, they can talk themselves into him, and they also are really bad on offense, so they can talk themselves into him, I mm-hmm. think, more, even though they're in a rebuilding mode. Yeah, and then, of course, you got to look at the Knicks with any big, <laughs> based on what happened last year, right? Oh man, I mean, with, with I, I, that can't be right, can I mean, they, they have new management now. They got two bigs <laughs> who can't shoot already with Randall and Robinson. I mean, Harold does not strike me as a great. No, no, not 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 a good foot there at all. That that would be that would be the crazy money. Yeah, he he's really an interesting one. I'm glad we're talking about him first because uh, let's just go through it here. The, these are the teams that I project to have more than the mid level exception available. Mm-hmm. Atlanta uh, leads the pack, forty seven yeah. million. Charlotte, who you mentioned, about twenty. 27 million and obviously these are subject to changes based on cap holds and guys that they might pick up options or uh, pick up their guarantees so this is just this is a rough projection here now detroit 35 million miami 26 million new york has a bunch of team options and nine guarantees but could get up to 44 million yeah and then phoenix 20 again as you said that's a perfect example right if they they let baines and charge go then they can get up to 20 million if they keep those guys they don't have much yeah yeah and uh this is interesting because this is something why I wrote about for The Athletic this week. Uh, a lot of team execs were talking about keeping the cap number at the same number next year and then smoothing in the out years to kind of diminish the, the effects, the economic effects to the league on the salary cap from all the COVID-19. Now, we'll see. That all has to be negotiated with the Players Association. So we still don't know exactly what we're going to get with, yeah, what and, we're going to get. And if that happens, lop $6 million off of all those numbers that I just stated for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phoenix is probably the one that would be most hurt by that but and, and could make it more palatable to just stick yeah with i mean they can they can also i mean i i also they, they get to room also by declining frank kaminsky's option uh and check dollars so that like they have they have some ways to get to probably close to 20 they can get in the market for somebody but it may not be quite enough to make up for the fact that like they're phoenix yeah, but I, I mean, to, they are going to be an interesting position because they're one of the few teams that is really trying to get a lot better next year and will have above the mid-level exception to spend, you would think. So you would think, yeah. Who, who else do you see as a potential suitor for Harold? I guess I could see, I could see him getting more guaranteed money than some of the guys I have above, but, um, if, I'm uh, to think of where that offer is coming. If from. Christian Wood went to another team, I think Detroit could be a place for Harold. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one of whether you'd rather have Harold or Wood too. Wood is. 24 doesn't have nearly the track record but he also fits a lot more places with his shooting ability and uh, ability to protect the rim even if he's uh, an evolving defender yeah yes yes 
and he yeah. can also play next to another big in a way that it's hard for Harold to do his shooting ability. Yeah. So um, I actually had Christian Wood second on my list. Again, I was looking at more guys that I was potentially given multiple years to. Yeah. And so some of these veteran guys who might be better in the short term. I, I couldn't put ahead of him. So I, I do think Detroit will make an honest effort to keep him. But I do wonder what their walking way number is. He's in a weird situation because his cap hold is so low. But if the Pistons want to use that cap room on other players, they kind of need to keep Wood at about $10 million, uh Because once he goes over the league average salary, their cap hold doesn't matter anymore. They have to... It, it His contract number is the thing that counts. Yeah, although it's hard for me to picture them, especially with the economic uncertainty and where they are as a franchise really using all of that like being in a situation that like okay we're gonna keep woods million dollar cap hold on the books and then we're gonna use up all of our cap space and then sign him to 10 million so now you're already 10 million over the cap and then you use your room exception and you're you're like then you're actually getting to be kind of expensive without necessarily hitting the tax but yeah they're gonna use long-term contracts they're probably like i guess i could only see them doing that if maybe some of those contracts they signed were short-term because they would just be really locked in again to potential mediocrity i think they'd want to maintain future players flexibility well i mean they their whole history is locking into mediocrity though <laughs> it, it seems like they are going in a different direction yeah yeah I, the I drum think and trade would post be post yeah post blake and with the drum and trade yeah yeah i, I think they i think so too oh no actually I, I, maybe you didn't realize this but uh blake griffin is still on the team he, he's uh he, he's, he's uh he's he's still on their books too he's got a uh, 37 million next year and 39 million <laughs> the year after that so could be could be the largest disabled player exception in league history oh no no they cap it at the mid-level that's right yeah never mind <laughs> yeah but it's uh, a, a shame of course but yeah yeah it's a, a post blake era but oh yeah they they owe him, uh, <laughs> but he's but he's know, actually still 75 yeah. million dollars over the next yeah. two years um so yeah that's interesting i mean harrell and wood if we're thinking about of who gets the most guaranteed money what do you think a contract for harrell looks like uh i think he's gonna end up uh he's not going to get to 20 i think he's like 15 like like uh Jonas Valanciunas money like three years 45 million I could see yeah I could definitely see that maybe a little maybe a skosh more than that might even get up yeah. upward toward toward 50 million the, the thing for the Clippers is they can't really lose him because they have no me I mean they'd have to replace him with the mid-level I guess which you can find okay centers for the mid-level but he he kind of fits their team better than a lot of other teams that would be bidding on him yeah maybe that's true uh, but yeah if they could say replace him with Sergi Baca right or Derek Favors with they do that you think they would rather have those guys on for less money potentially i just i I don't know if they're i don't know if they're really worried about the money i mean they could be i mean if they want to keep marcus morris and keep their tax bill somewhat reasonable because they'd be a luxury tax team then then maybe doing a mid-level guy against instead of harold is appealing to them i just i think they're just so all in that i'm not sure that matters to them yeah, and they could always, I think it's unlikely to me that he signs a contract that wouldn't be movable either. Yeah. Um, so, and how, how about Wood? We've talked about him a little bit before. What do you, what do you see him getting? I think he's probably in the same boat. I think there's a little more potential for like, uh, I, I just wonder what Charlotte's going to do. Cause that, I mean, that's kind of where like the goofy money could come from potentially if, if they decide to get in the market for a five. And it might not necessarily yeah. be after Wood. There's one or two other guys to talk about too. Yeah. Cause Atlanta already has a, has, more fives than they, than they know what to do with um and the knicks presumably <laughs> do have that <laughs> phoenix phoenix has their five of the future in yeah. eight and already miami has mm-hmm. bam out of bio yeah so yeah detroit and charlotte are really your two teams that it seems like could get it 
into the into the bidding year but would i mean you have to imagine at least he's going to ha- get something around the middle level exception i mean i'm thinking kind of in the 30 million guaranteed range for him yeah three times 10 something like that yeah yeah um so i had uh, and maybe you've kind of convinced me a little bit here that maybe i should move harrell up but i still don't necessarily see them him being brought in to start whereas serge ibaka Derek favors and andre drummond has a player option that he's gonna yeah that he's gonna pick up so we lop him off but ibaka favors and marcus soul are the other three that i really have in there as like clear starter level of players and then you've got a bunch of guys below that who are in the high-end backup category that we don't need to get into here but yeah guys who could probably start for you in a pinch you're robin lopez Whiteside, mason plumley tristan thompson type mm-hmm. yeah so, so ibaka favors gasol how do you see their market shaping out um and i would add hassan Whiteside to that group too um i think ibaka is probably the guy because he's the youngest and he's got a little bit a little more ability to play four than the others uh, so it gives you a little more positional versatility so i think he's the one that'll be the biggest target i do wonder if miami could go after him if they miss out on some other guys that we'll get we'll talk about when we look at the fours especially on like a one-year deal uh i just don't know you know toronto's in an interesting situation because they have multiple free agents they're trying to position themselves this team next year because i mean they'll be good but are they really a contender so it's it's an interesting place they're in so i've talked about this before and you wouldn't think it would impact the center market that much but i think that we may actually have guys waiting to sign because miami and toronto both fall into this boat i think that players might wait to sign until we find out whether Giannis Antetokounmpo takes the designated player veteran extension or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Because take the example of Miami. If Giannis is out there, that's the guy there in theory going after. The, you know, you've got Kawhi, you've got Paul George that year too. Um, Toronto very much supposedly talking about yeah. uh, going after Giannis. And so Serge Ibaka, Marcus Ole, could they get more than one year with Toronto if the Giannis dreams are dead or does Toronto say hey we'll give you guys both pretty big one-year deals to come back and you know maybe a non-guarantee on the second year because we're overpaying you for this one year um Ibaka probably wouldn't take that maybe Gasol would because he's 35 yeah I think Gasol on the one-year overpay seems like a pretty decent proposition to me yeah and then Derek Favors New Orleans probably not going to be in the free agent mix next year but he could have other options uh, as well in some of these places um and so I think you'll see guys waiting out because you they could have a path to more years and above the mid-level exception if Giannis does sign in Milwaukee and everyone has to kind of give up on acquiring him yeah that could that could start some more musical chairs going because for a team there are other free agents in 2021 don't get me wrong but I think if you're a team like Miami you say okay well if he's off the board then we're probably better off just going win now mode while Jimmy Butler still has his knees yeah functioning right so that same thing could affect Danilo Gallinari's market as well absolutely uh Marcus Morris's market potentially uh because Miami is a is a team that you know they could potentially get to max space um but they theoretically don't want to go another it could affect the Chris Paul trade market there's so many things I think there's going to be a lot of dominoes relying on Giannis and maybe I'm I'm overstating in my mind here the amount that teams like Toronto and Miami are trying to plan for a potential Giannis acquisition in the summer of 2021 but if they're waiting on that then you, you could see a lot uh, a lot of delay if yeah. if he doesn't sign it. if it becomes clear he's not going to sign it uh then well that, and then the yeah because the other thing is how much can you really delay when the offseason might only be like a weekend <laughs> 
yeah, that's right. Yeah, if we're looking at starting in late July, finish up by late September, and then they're trying to start everything again by Christmas. Yeah, you probably got not 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 a ton of time to squeeze in a draft in an off season. Yeah, it's going to get interesting. What do you um, what do you think yeah. about Hassan Whiteside? Because that's an interesting one to me. It doesn't really make sense for him to go back to Portland and be a backup, but I'm not sure what his market is either. Yeah, I, I think he's, I don't see it being above the mid-level exception. It just depends like what people think of him. I'm lower on him. He's also in 31 already. Uh, you know, I didn't have him in my top five. I had Ibaka favors Gasol, Harold Wood. Mm-hmm. And I think I would probably have him even below like Robin Lopez or... Wow. I, I think actually like Mason Plumley might, or Tristan Thompson might be higher regarded than Whiteside as well. He's just, he's just kind of limited. He's kind of a headache. Uh, he puts up the stats, but he's can't move at all defensively portland's defense has been pretty bad with them this year though there are plenty of other culprits there as well yeah 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 wow that's so you feel differently about him i i mean he's he's not anywhere near as good as his stats but he is hugely productive and a massive rebounder and can you know you need somebody who can defend the post when he's on the floor uh he doesn't fit in great with like you know portland's like just trapping lillard and then you know it's hassan whiteside on the short roll like that's that's not his deal right yeah so there are limitations to be sure and he needs to play in a drop coverage and even then he's going to go after blocks and kind of not be as as good as his numbers again but like he's i i know like i i know he's going to finish the season i can't say that about Derek favors and i know he can play against starters and i like i'm not gonna like i don't know i think you're giving him short shrift when you start getting into the lopez's and whatnot of the world i think robin lopez might be better than him wow he he can he's uh he does more for your rebounding um in terms of his boxing out he doesn't get as many rebounds but i think he actually helps your defensive rebounding more he can stand he can stand out in the corner and shoot threes a little bit as well um and he's just he'll be much better for your chemistry he has better hair and he'll be better for your chemistry he's not gonna i will concede those two points he's not gonna complain if he's not closing games sometimes um about the same age uh, another free agent we should talk about because he's restricted, but I think he actually might be gettable. And I've wondered about this guy for a team like Charlotte too. That is Jakob Pertle. Yeah, yeah. As we get into some of these restricted guys, um, and, and just to be clear, I think our, we're talking about kind of you know mid-level exception money for most of those guys that we mentioned. And I, my prediction is that Ibaka, Favors, and Gasol all go back to their incumbent teams on one-year deals for a little bit more than mid-level exception, maybe a lot more in the case of Ibaka. Yeah, maybe, yeah I think um, I think that's the safe bet. I actually think I mean Wood and Harrell return to their own teams are probably the safe bets there too. Whiteside's probably the most portable guy uh that we've that we've talked about i mean we'll see what happens with it there's a couple lower level guys like tristan thompson i think will be on another team too that seems likely yeah pertle i've i've always liked him i think he's more mobile than people expect he's a force on the offensive glass he's got some level of skill as a pick and roll finisher and he protects the rim pretty well so i'm yeah. uh you know I, I think he absolutely could be a 25 minute a game player and you know sometimes greg popovich will just bury guys for no reason and and they also because of DeRozan having to play to three they everyone got pushed down so pearl couldn't play with aldridge at all this year so his role got minimized but like he's good i think he's really i thought he's solid in the playoffs last 
last year yeah. i would absolutely look at signing you know you could see him in the zubots type of range to you know up to maybe 10 million a year or so yeah yeah so i could i could see one of these teams uh dropping dropping a sheet on him and uh yeah. forcing forcing the spurs are in a little bit of a tight spot with the luxury tax especially if the number goes down this year it's it won't be an easy decision for them so i i i actually uh am really interested to see what happens there yeah yeah and, and i think he'd actually be a really good fit on a better team it's just those teams can't kind of wait i mean maybe you could see somewhat similar way of it playing out to you know malcolm brogdon where if there's a team that's interested in him maybe they just get the spurs to drop the qualifying offer or they can sign and trade him or something like that you know on yeah. a low level type of asset yeah totally okay let's take a quick break here and we'll get to the free agent power forwards Masterclass has always been one of my favorite sponsors because they just bring a world of knowledge to your fingertips and to your eyes and ears as well. It's exactly what it sounds like. Masterclass, they have masters in their field, whether it's Chris Voss in the Art of Negotiation. That's a a new one. They've got Alice Waters right here in my hometown of Berkeley, California, basically started the farm to table movement for cooking. Steph Curry shooting and ball handling. Serena Williams, tennis. Margaret Atwood, my wife took her master class to improve her writing. If tons of other authors, tons of other cooks, tons of actors, all of them masters in their field. And there's never been a better time to get started. Number one, because you might have a little more time on your hands. But number two, because they have this fantastic deal at masterclass.com PR, where you get one masterclass all access pass for yourself and you get another one to share or gift it as well if you're looking for a gift maybe for father's day masterclass.com slash pr you get that two for one offer perfect gift for the polymath in your life or someone who really wants to get into a specific field more really whatever level you want to get into they really have lessons and worksheets that you can do in in a lot of these classes They've got over 80 plus classes now and their all access pass gets you access to all of them for a year. So once more, it's masterclass.com slash PR. Easy to remember slash PR because John invented PR and don't forget that slash PR link to let them know that you came from us. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store okay i think we can both agree anthony davis is the number one power forward he's the only player that i actually i I had Dragon Bender number one. It, it most likely candidates to play in Europe next year. Is that, is that, is that our list? Oh, uh, that's not what we're doing. So, so I, I grade things out by superstar, star, starter, 
rotation and then fringe and i'm pretty strict on what i consider a starter as a mm-hmm. guy who's really going to get like long-term starter money those are the players i look yeah. at but ad is the only superstar there's only one other guy I had as a star and that's brandon ingram and then everything yep. else is starter or below it all across all the positions yep i agree with that so i guess the the only thing to talk about here is just what does he end up doing i mean i i think miami will of course try to make him an offer i doubt that he would accept that but you know we'll see how the lakers season ends but it's mm-hmm. pretty unlikely that he would accept that and so the question just becomes what kind of contract is he going to sign with the league yeah do you do it does he set it up so that he can go to year 10 and then have the opt out if you presume that the cap's going to be a little low a little low next year too probably not great to go long but you know go out five years when you're when you're signing in the low cap year so i think he has some incentive to do a shorter deal yeah and it depends how they're going to do things as well i mean if there's going to be just some escrow system going forward maybe he could do it for longer if just your on paper salaries are going to be in the same range that we're always uh, have been talking about and you wrote a whole long piece about this uh, of how to do it but where you're you're salary on paper is the same and then you just if league revenues are lower everybody loses an equal percentage of their paycheck so it might make sense for him to re-up on a long-term deal rich paul's style though especially for a guy like ad who's just you know in his prime superstar uh we've only really seen two superstars do this one's lebron and one's kd and those are guys who you know clearly it's like if they tore their acl they still would get the contract they wanted after the next year anyway and ad to me falls in that category so i don't think they'd be they'd feel a ton of risk going for even a one plus one type of deal and that if you have to opt in again next year if the cap goes down you could do that and then you're at 10 years and you can get the 35 percent max so that's probably what i would guess is a, a one plus one maybe you could see a two plus one instead i just i i don't know what he gets out of that i yeah. I, just, I think the one plus one and you know these guys always like kind of holding the team hostage a little bit too you know making sure that they invest in there yeah and and that would also team. uh the one plus one would line him up with lebron's potential free agency as well in the summer of 2021 i don't wow. th- i don't again i don't foresee either of those guys going anywhere but package um, deal so who is your number two power for uh danilo gallinari uh there were two other guys that i think could warrant serious consideration here but i think gallinari is the guy who fits best on elite teams because of his ability to shoot from the perimeter score against switches can be sort of decent enough against threes and fours although probably not against any kind of elite ones in a playoff situation um you know there's definitely a little bit of defensive concern but offensively he's such a potent weapon I i think he's the guy miami already tried to get him you know, at the trade deadline, I expect them to try again in free agency. The hangup is going to be on the years, which is why your point about Giannis is so relevant. That's the whole reason that deal blew up in February was because he didn't want to extend just for one year with the Heat. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's a that's another one where you're looking at who has the money to sign him above the mid-level. He's clearly worth more than the mid-level. His performance justifies that. I mean, I think he's he's been making a little over 20 and i think he very easily would deserve i I could even see him in in a less constrained market somewhere along those same lines again like 50 60 million guaranteed over three years um you know right along the line of what he's making i mean now he's 31 he's not going to look good at the end of that contract but that's usually what you'd see guys like him who are good enough now to warrant that get that type of a contract but the question then becomes where is that coming from so for gallinari's market the the other thing that's really interesting to me is if not miami 
Who? Uh, how much does Oklahoma City want to bid on him? Is there another team out there that is going to make a, a plunge for him above the mid-level? And it's so interesting because all these teams that have space are pretty much rebuilding teams other than Miami, who might only offer him the one year. So then, even though you would normally think his his market is much better than this, where where does he go? Uh, the one wild card you could see maybe in this is Phoenix. Uh, if they wanted to put another shooter out there at the four, they could probably get to enough money. Uh, they would have to let uh, Saric, Baines, and Frank Kaminsky uh, go, and uh, they would have to give up their dream of uh, signing a, another guard who can dribble. But the uh, the the Suns, I think, would be the next probably most likely suitor here. I have trouble seeing the Knicks getting in on this. Uh, although, I mean, I guess you can't completely write that off. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're going to have a little bit newer philosophy under Leon Rose, but we, we say that about every new uh, Knicks president. Yeah. And Phoenix, maybe they could get their point guard in the draft as well. That that might be, we'll have to see what happens uh, with the draft. But yeah, Gala is another one where because of the potential lack of suitors, I could see him returning to OKC. They can pay him more than just about anybody aside from the two teams you mentioned and they might be able to get him still a little bit below what his market would be in a normal year and then feel like they can still be decent next year and then trade him should the opportunity yeah, arise. just keep just keep him as that as that trade ship uh they have a little bit of a dance with the luxury tax probably but if it's if it's a number in the teens it's totally manageable yeah and, and that's i mean that's the other variable we don't know too is just uh, our teams may not just be the tax for some of these teams anymore either if they just lost money their organization is losing money they might say hey you know what no we're gonna have our salary right around the cap and just to so we're not going to be totally underwater as a franchise because we're not making anything. Um, I think uh, he could be a possibility, which is ironic because he got the contract that he's on now by the same procedure as potential sign and trade. Yes. That might be something to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the more creative teams uh, that don't have room, which is like 24 teams, right? Uh, <laughs> so, but some of the more creative ones are definitely going to be looking at sign and trade alternatives, uh, especially with Oklahoma City and where they're, they're at going kind of young for old in a sign and trade with Gallinari I think a lot of teams are going to look at that yeah and okay see the construction might be take on our kind of bad contracts and we'll throw in a pick and then you can give us Gallinari as well and you know if OKC takes on 20 million in bad money for 2021 gets a pick and they can move Gallinari then I think they might consider that uh who is your number two on uh, the free so team? I had uh Davis Bertans next I think Washington is all in on re-signing him I think this is like the overpay you can see coming from a mile away maybe <laughs> but uh that I think they definitely are pretty strong on keeping him and it's going to be interesting to see if he can play up to the money he's going to get because he's such a weapon as a shooter but you still have to wonder a little bit if he's a long-term starter or or what role he really fits in and I think he's going to get uh he's going to get probably like like 50 million over 3 would that surprise you? Yeah, it's so interesting to think of because the way Washington is building their team, they don't really have a defensive center. Hachimura can't guard anyone. Bertans can't guard anyone, although he tries at least. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he's a good player. You want to retain him. He's 27. He's been a big part of why they were so awesome offensively last year, but it is a little bit harder to build their 
starving you really need to have a good defensive center if you're trying to go somewhere with him um so yeah i mean i, I think when you consider his youth at 27 when the other players were thinking about are, are marcus morris is 30 i don't know whether you had him as a power forward or a small forward but mm-hmm. um and Millsap is 35 those are the other ones that i was yeah. considering yeah I, I could see him getting Bertans getting more guaranteed money than either of those i could see maybe morris getting a little more than him especially if he's going to return to the clippers it just depends you know is it going to yeah. be a two a three or a four-year deal for marcus morris at kind of around what he's making now yeah i would agree with that yeah but but i see it i see it the same way for you as 50 million or so for Bertans. Mm-hmm. any other suitors that pop up for him again i mean could miami get interested in this i don't think he quite fits there yeah I mean, they've kind of got duncan robinson who doesn't play the same position but kind of fills the same role yeah yeah so it's a little harder um now one of these younger teams that has room could be persuaded to take a flyer on him yeah phoenix you would think could be in that group yeah i don't really see a fit with with atlanta yeah i could i could see phoenix trying to get in on that maybe maybe detroit yeah it, but it, and it doesn't seem like the whistle want to do a sign trade it does seem like he's going to go back there you would have to imagine because do you if you're Detroit, are you really going to break the bank for a 27-year-old who's a good player and probably a starter level of player, but you're not ready to win anytime soon there? So I think Phoenix is the one that I would be most concerned about if I'm Washington, really giving you a, a big offer that's going to kind of, you know, because if in Phoenix, he comes in and he's the clear starter too. And I don't even know if he's going to start in Washington, oddly enough. Even though Yeah, he might come off games. the bench again. Be with I mean, with Hachimura there and where do you, I mean, do you start Hachimura at three? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's Yeah, no, they don't want to do that. They got Troy Brown at the three, too. Yeah, although they have to be reminded of that periodically. Yeah. <laughs> Millsap uh, is an issue. Millsap. Should we talk about him? Yeah. I mean, one-year deal to Miami makes total sense. Total, total sense for everything the Heat are trying to do, right? He's a win-now guy. You have him for a year. You give him 20 or whatever. That's probably going to be roughly what his market is. Uh Nuggets have some luxury tax concerns, can't bring back everybody. So I, I think that's a super interesting one. That's a nice defensive front line, isn't it? With Millsap, Butler, and Adebayo. Yeah, bad. yeah. A little light on the shooting there, though. But yeah, Millsap, it's, you know, I don't know if he can play more than 25 minutes a game, which could depress his market a little bit now. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm in my, like, I, I don't see other teams being like, oh, we got to find $20 million to pay Paul Millsap. But Miami's particular situation is so conducive to that, you know, that I, I think they could do that. And then I th- think, you know, you play Derek Jones at the four the, the rest of the time and you're kind of, you're kind of okay. It might not even take 20 million, frankly, because I, you know, is Denver really going to go more than a year and because you mentioned their tax concerns they they've still got grant as well they've got to get something at backup center with Plumley also expiring so yeah. they're uh i don't know if they can go 20 million for one year that no i don't i don't think they, they they would try to win that by going you know three years 40 or something right yeah. like, but they got porter and they got grant so over that got, whole period you don't necessarily need Millsap. yeah they got they got some tough decisions coming for yeah, sure and and phoenix you would imagine yeah and i think colorado is a home court advantage for Millsap as well so yeah that, that'll be interesting it but phoenix will be in the i mean i think Millsap in the short term is a very nice fit next to ayton for yeah. a team that's trying to take a step yeah. forward Millsap's I mean, also, to me, yeah, to, me ahead, to me it makes no sense for phoenix just to go for that just to you know go for the eight seed for one year but that logic has never stopped the suns in the past so yeah and Millsap is also 
also made a lot of money in his career. Like, does he really want to go to Phoenix because they offered him three million more a year? That's a good compared point. to Miami or Denver. Good point. So Marcus Morris, I think we got a pretty good line on him. I guess the last guy to talk about probably is Jeremy Grant. Yeah, because he's got the the player option. I still wonder if this ends with an opt in and extend in Denver. But if not, I do think there'll be a market for him. He's got some positional flexibility, shot the ball pretty decently this year, was playing pretty well when the league shut down. Is, like, is he a great player? Is he really a starter? I, I kind of question that a little, but I do think teams will see that switchability, positional flexibility, and maybe go a little bit above what he's been making if he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, just simply the fact that he's 26, too. There just aren't that many unrestricted free agents who are even that young. He, he may not age that well. He's relying on athleticism. The on-off numbers for him were not that great no. this year, although, like you said, he shot it a little bit better from three. It's uh, or, or more often, maybe, perhaps more accurately. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's he probably opts out because it's hard to imagine he doesn't get the same amount for more years so you might as well yeah. is he but the, i guess the question is does he want to go back there if he's not going to start if another team offers him a bigger role that could be what could lead him to leave and now we're getting into the level of guys where it's like hey tons of teams have the middle level exception yeah exactly exactly so you sort of know you can probably walk away with that that you can probably get three years 30 no matter what i had a question for you would you rather have a healthy jeremy grant or a healthy mo harkless who's one year older than who i'm uh, i might go with grant I mean, I mean harkless is an underrated player like i i i think i wrote recently like i think i think the knicks should be looking at extending him actually it's just to you know preserve that trade value but huh, I just, it's hard to get excited about your future like what what is he at the end of the day is it probably a backup three four in a good team yeah it depends i, I mean they're both pretty good finishers around the rim they both can guard out on the perimeter grant's got a little bit more rim protection ability yeah i don't know who you'd say is the better shooter it probably just depends which way the wind is blowing and who opened a door in the arena that day <laughs> but they're they're uh neither of them are particularly inspiring from that perspective yeah yeah grant grant has less of an injury history than harkless harkless had those issues with the knees a couple years ago yeah i i i do wonder too you can you can junk up a game with grant at five a little better and harkless like in his with harkless with the clippers like he just didn't really like fitting him in on a good team was harder than maybe it it seemed like it would be yeah that makes sense to me i I think harkless is a little bit better guarding on the perimeter in a conventional style getting over screens than grant grant gives you a little more protecting the room yeah those yeah i I mean i think those guys between those two i'd if it's between those two and i don't need someone to play backup center a little bit i probably would just go with whoever's cheaper out of those two guys uh should we move to well let's take a quick break first then we can move to small forwards unless you had anything else on uh, no let's do it I think all of us are trying to eat more protein right now. I know I have been for a long time. The problem, though, is that protein bars, up until now, let's be honest here, they really don't taste that good. They try to dress them up to make it taste decent, but they've got that chalky flavor. They've got that cement texture. You're chewing on it forever. You got to drink a whole glass of water just to choke one down. With Built Bar, no longer the case. It tastes like a candy bar, 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate and nut flavors, eight chocolate and nut free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're still low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. They're peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of net carbs. 
as just an example there. So if you're trying to lose weight, protein bars are really the best way to do it. You'll feel full. You won't be as hungry at mealtime. I, I like to have one before I eat my meal to, to help me not overeat, feel full faster. It's really a fantastic way to improve your diet and get the protein you need if you're working out as well. The way to get started with them, builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. Once again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new SiriusXM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Okay, small forwards. Whew. Yeah. Looking a little barren. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, there's Brandon Ingram here who's a restricted free agent, and I presume we'll get a max deal from New Orleans. Yeah, that'll be interesting just to see options. Maybe they can kind of get some likely bonuses in there or something. Because, But you'd have to imagine that Ingram would have an offer sheet available. The only reason he wouldn't have an offer sheet is because everyone knows the Pels will match it. So that that's the only thing that could lead to a little bit of leverage from the Pels. But I imagine they're not going to mess around too much on that. So you, you look back, if you're the Pelicans, at Gordon Hayward's situation in Utah, where they told him to get out, go out and get an offer sheet. He got a max offer sheet that had a player option after year three. So he was able to leave there after the third year, rather than if they had done it on their own, they probably could have gotten him for four i mean if not five sheesh so the 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 lesson there i think is that when you know the guy's going to get a max anyway just lock him up on your own terms and and don't play the whole game because it can really backfire on you yeah and you also piss the guy off at the same time so so now he really not only is the deal shorter but then he wants to leave when it's over too exactly exactly so hayward is a player option he almost certainly is going to opt in Otto porter is a player option almost certainly going to opt in that leaves us with i mean marcus morris is the guy i had at number two yeah yeah we talked about him in the power forwards already and, and i think he'll he, he's got to be going back to the clippers it seems like to me i would because... think for i mean you don't make the deal like that if you're the clippers unless you feel pretty strongly that you're gonna re-sign the guy and maybe pay a little more to do it i do think the market is probably pretty favorable for them to do that they'll have probably some competition from miami maybe especially if they don't get gallinari or, or Millsap. and but that'll probably be it none of these rebuilding teams are going to go after marcus morris so if they if they're willing to do a couple years even if it's an overpay i think they're willing to they're in a window right now where they're willing to do that yeah and they of course can pay him up to a starting salary of 18 million 120 uh, percent of what he made on that one year deal that he initially signed with the knicks so who is uh number two for you then uh so after that the next guy i had on my list was Derek jones jr with miami Yes, 23 years old and he's unrestricted. Yes. Interesting player for the Heat because I think a lot of their plans depend on re-signing him. Uh, they'll have full bird rights. His cap holds only 1.7 million. 
So I think at anything up to the mid-level, Miami probably figures that they probably have home court advantage with him, right? Usually a player like that, if you give him what other teams are given, unless he really has a, unless he's really upset with you for some reason, which you don't get any vibe about that with, with Jones, you're, you're going to get him back. So I, it's going to be hard to go over the top of Miami on this guy, unless you're willing to pay him like 15 and have him be a starter or whatever. I just don't yeah. see anyone doing that. Yeah, the role might be where, you know, because they've got Adebayo, they've been starting two bigs together, so he's not going to start there. They've still got Andre Guadala for next year. They've got Butler, so there really isn't a, a starting role for Jones. He plays plenty, and it seems like Miami always has people hurt, so that's a part of how he, he gets in there. But the other th- reason I think he might be gettable is if you're willing to go a little bit longer term, does Miami want to tie up that precious 2021 money with a, a deal beyond you know, going into eight figures for Jones I think they in can that still, 21 I, season? I think they can still do it. I think they can yeah. still do it and be, be able to do the max. When you start getting into the guys who are in the 20s, then it get, then it gets really challenging. But I think with at the type of money Jones is going to make, I it seems like they could still do that and accommodate a max contract and not really have to undergo contortions to do it. Yeah, the other thing for him is he's he's kind of a four offensively, uh, maybe even a, a almost a five. Offensively <laughs> a exactly, four. exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a unique player for sure. He doesn't fit in every system. He's not he's not really a shooter. Uh, you wonder how he's his game will develop as he gets older because it's so dependent on his leaping ability, which is freakish. Uh, so you kind of, he's good from like the dunker spot or if you have him making cuts or whatever, but you need bigs that can shoot to make that a reality. Yeah. And his jumper looks like it's coming along a little bit, but the numbers on that were not particularly favorable and but defensively he can guard just about anyone except maybe a few of the biggest power wings can can get him but like for example he was able to guard pascal siakam at the end of a game and yeah really shut him down that looked really good so he's i mean really good at the top of zones and traps too sure so you that's uh and also he's only 23 i mean so you're not as worried about the declining athleticism at least on this contract unless you're going maybe if you're going four years but that's uh so yeah there are teams that could definitely use him and any team with a stretch big i think he really would be excellent i i was thinking actually that like he would look pretty good in uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of teams who look good on um but any team with the a big you can shoot i had one and then i i forgot who it was but there what are about him of, in atlanta yeah as a, like some some ability to actually stop someone force some turnovers on the perimeter would be nice throw some alley-oops i mean he's maybe if they move on from john collins if, but Sh- charlotte he could be a decent fit there yep yep and, and then the other guy who, I mean, as I mentioned, this isn't a very sexy crop at the three, and this guy is even arguably a four too. Jay Crowder, you know, it's it's probably going to be an either or with Jones or Crowder for Miami. You would think. I, I can guess who's the either and who's the or in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Crowder is actually playing more than him towards the end of the season. Although it's that was three months ago, so don't. don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Um, who else you got here to to round out? So I had uh. I think this guy could be gettable because of the Nets tax situation. Joe Harris 
Yeah. He's probably a guy who gets mid-level or more, but there's not that many teams who are in the or more category. So you're probably looking at mid-level and it's just a question of how far are you willing to go out on him? Yeah, I think that's one where the Nets, unless again, their willingness to pay has changed. If you give him a deal for a little bit more than anyone else can give him slightly above the mid-level and it's a long-term deal, he's only 28 still. And as a shooter, he should age reasonably well. That's always a movable deal later too. Yeah, yeah. Usually usually in that, those middle class deals, they're actually the grease you need for trades. It's really hard when you do deals if you're a team and you have like three maxes and all minimums. It's it's just impossible to do a trade. You kind of need those mid-level, uh, not exactly mid-level, but the middle class contracts between five and 15 million. Those are how you put deals together. The last guy I wanted to mention in this group is Glenn Robinson III. I know you're lower on him than I am, but I, while I was trying to stay awake at Warriors games this year, I, <laughs> I did see him play pretty well. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I think his shot has come along. He can passably defend a lot of positions, still athletic enough to get out on the break, although he's not quite the Skywalker he was when he was in dunk contests. Still only 26. I think a guy who's a clear rotation player, maybe not in the mid-level exception, but I think certainly for the mini mid-level type of range. Uh, and I, I like him a little bit more than some of these. I mean, again, it's a very, very limited group here at the three. Yeah, you look at, you know, Justin Holiday, Josh Jackson, Harkless, those kind yeah. of guys. But I, I think he could actually start for you at the three and like not absolutely kill you where on either end, whereas I don't think that really describes many other people in this group right now. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. I, and just to get competence on both ends is a rare commodity in this free agent he could make a lot of sense for the hawks yeah yeah i agree with you any, any more on the threes or should we talk about the twos i here? think i think we can move on to the twos which this uh this guard market is uh not not a looker yeah so derozan is gonna opt in at age 30 almost certainly he's making like high 20s fournier is something that you and i've talked about a lot on this show yeah. i mean clearly i think most guys are gonna move more towards opting in in these circumstances i don't see the team out there that even though he's 27 is gonna give him much more than the mid-level even though i think he's worth it and so he's 17-5 this year you think he opts in unless he wants to go for more security from the magic yeah uh so there's two guys really here worth talking about that are almost birds of a feather who are evan fournier and tim hardaway who will definitely be the top two free agent shooting guards if they indeed become free agents and it's a it's an interesting calculus for them because there aren't many room teams as you pointed out um i do think the hawks would be willing to pay a good wing uh as long as it's somebody who's in his 20s and so i i think that's one angle the hawks will have more cap room than anybody but this is this is where a good agent can really help you because um you know you're not you're not supposed to negotiate before free agency begins and i certainly would never have done this in memphis but <laughs> what a good agent can do is get in touch with teams and suss out what the market is going to be who are the suitors and what are the price points yeah. and in, in a out. general sense of course not, not any no, oh, no, no, of course not. Of yeah. course not. You would never make a specific offer before July 1st. That would be unthinkable. Um, so, I, Yeah, I, you leave out how many cents uh, <laughs> you're going to include in the offer. It's, it's, not, it's not a done deal. It's all just the outlines of a deal. Closing so, in on a deal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So they're they're probably going to know before they make their decision to opt out what 
what their deal is going to look like. And it could lead again to another deal where, where it's opt in plus extend because the, a good agent again would be talking to Orlando too and saying, well, if I opt out, I can get, you know, 23 from Phoenix. But if you guys will, if you guys will match that, he's willing to stay here, you know, in a hypothetical conversation that of course never happened with us. I, I did hear something in all seriousness on that. I don't know if you've, this has come up in any discussions you've had that this year, number one, there's no combine. Number two, the league has these strictures now where you know, they're able to look at phones and stuff to see if there's tampering before yeah. the official deadline. And so what I was told is at least uh, this agent said that people from teams are reticent to discuss stuff. And he he was having a, a little bit harder of a read than usual, figuring out where his client was. But this is, you know, this is back a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but without the ability to talk in person now due to the pandemic, even, even on the phone, he said that teams were kind of reticent to have the same level of conversations that they had had before. Yeah. And there's only one person who told me this, but have you heard anything uh, along those no, lines? No, I mean, the, uh, the, the phone phone police are definitely going to be a, a, a problem that we never had to deal with. So that that could be a game changer. And I also think there's a sense among teams that if you're going to get busted, don't do it over Evan Fournier, right? <laughs> get, get busted <laughs> trying to get Giannis, you know? <laughs> So uh, I, I I do think teams will will probably play it a little closer to the vest, uh, more by the book uh, this this off season because of that. Yeah, I mean, and even on a phone call, like I, I think w- whenever these new rules come into place, that everyone's going to be more conservative until they kind of see how it plays out. But on a phone call, you can still you can't prove anything unless there's not going to be nobody's required to record their phone conversation. Simply, yeah, the fact that you had a phone conversation and then you know you might get asked about what you said in that phone conversation on june 25th with this guy's agent is probably the worst it's gonna happen but also like nobody's none of these other teams are gonna be like pushing a tampering investigation over like evan fournier or something either so that's uh, that's these, true these are well. all kind of lower stakes and i like frankly once the team season is over like i didn't i never cared that they did that did you care like that other teams did that once the season was over once the season was over i did not yeah uh th- that that's a very clear line in the sand though if if we're still playing games then that's complete breach of uh protocol yeah i I, that to me is fair but you know once the season's over like if people like trying to figure out whether you're going to opt out or not or like to to grease the skids in that way like i think that's just that's like just important for everybody's sanity to me like just to make better decisions like having that a little more efficiency in the market is is a good thing for both players and teams in the end yeah um so we'll, we'll see how that plays out um the restricted free agent shooting guards good crop yeah this is this is really the only position where you'd expect that to be significant but i think there's three pretty good restricted free agents out there yeah at shooting guard uh who, which one do you have at the top uh clearly bogdanovich would be the one he and fournier very similar situations except very similar players except fournier is uh obviously going to be unrestricted yeah. it seems like the kings have signaled to everyone that they're going to match with some of the machinations they made financially at the deadline to get off of some money for next year with the deadman trade i certainly see that happening as well uh similarly i see malik beasley going back to minnesota after what they gave up to sign him 
And I, I have a hard time seeing another team being so enraptured with him that they're going to really push the limit on what Minnesota is willing to go to there. I, I see something like, I don't know, four times 11, four times 12, something like that. They'll go above the mid-level and then, you know, probably try to go out four years just to have him locked up. That That's for Beasley. Yeah, it's that, that'll be an interesting one because he turned down the three for 30. Then yeah. he didn't have a good year. That's a minus. But he got traded to Minnesota and had seven good games. That's a plus. Yeah. And but you know the entire world economy is tanked. That's a, that's a minus. <laughs> so uh, how do, how does that all uh, affect those numbers? Yeah, I, I think you know low teens, three four years seems about right for me. Mm-hmm. Over fifteen would be a pretty good job by his agent, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But Donovich, what do you see as uh, the numbers on him? Uh, I think probably he's probably like fifteen, something like that. Maybe three, you know, forty five over three. I think the Kings would be ecstatic if they got him for that. Really? Well, I, and I, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that it, it just compared to what they probably thought they were looking at for him. Mm-hmm. Now, Bogdanovich, does he have suitors? The it's it's tough. It's you know, does does Charlotte look at him as a guy? I mean, Atlanta could definitely use him. I think they would like somebody who was more of a defender, probably. Uh, I, could, I think I he could defends see, pretty well for for a two. I mean, I could see New York maybe going after him, although they really I think they really want to keep their powder dry for twenty one as well. Yeah, I don't know if there's really a fit in Phoenix. I mean, I guess he yeah. could come off the bench. He could play the three against teams that didn't really have a great wing. That, I think Phoenix that he had to if defend. Phoenix is spending money on a guard it's somebody who can play the one yeah he gives you like he could be a pick and roll guy though i think like he's maybe not you know he and booker may could they play together as the in the backcourt somebody has to guard the one that would be a problem <laughs> not to mention guard the two <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Bogdanovich is good. I I think he's actually a good defender. I think he tries hard. He's he's. I think he gets a little bit of the European white dude stigma uh-huh. that he doesn't deserve. I think he actually can be uh, feisty. All right. Well, he does have long arms, so that helps. What do you think, uh, DeAnthony Melton gets? Yeah, you know, I think it, you wrote about him a little bit. You were thinking something along the lines of the mid level exception, right? When in your Memphis piece, yeah, that seems high to me. Okay. Uh, just ba- based on the history of guys who've really only been bench players, second round guy as well. Like there's just, they still maintain that stigma to some degree. I'm thinking it's going to be more in the five or six million. Wow. Per year. Wow. Which it might be a pretty good deal, that but it just, be, the yeah. history of guys like him, it just like you and I we, are probably higher on him than, than most. Also the fact that he doesn't really shoot it very well at the two makes him a little bit of a tough fit, but, um, yeah. but it, you know, I think most teams just like you you offered how much for this guy who's a second round pick and he's played you know 800 minutes last year or something like that like uh it's it doesn't go that well it seems like a lot of times for for like just the pr aspect of that it scares off a lot of teams i I think teams should be more aggressive in those situations but the history to me kind of shows that they aren't yeah by far the youngest free agent that you could plausibly sign this year so that's another angle with him who's who's the best unrestricted free agent at shooting guard if fournier and hardaway opt in kcp also has a player option that 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 was that was that was my guy yeah yeah i mean uh, avery bradley also has one i mean then you're down to alec burks and jordan clarkson justin holiday has been kind of underrated yeah i had him with the threes he had a good he didn't shoot well for us in memphis at all but he, he's played really well in indiana this year i think i think he's had a good year and indiana is in a situation because they're pretty close to next year's tax line where it's not cut and dried that they could just keep him so I think he's an interesting guy, but again, that's we're talking about mid-level money or less there. Oh, for sure. 
yeah but and they they don't have really much in the way of bird rights on him either because they just signed him for the room exception this year exactly he's exactly but and he's 31 he's he's older than you think he just he kind of bounced around a, a lot in europe before he caught on with the warriors but yeah i mean that he really is impossible to screen he's gotten stronger to where he's not you can't just totally run him over now he's skinny but he's got that functional yep. strength super durable yeah i mean he's another he's kind of in the same gr3's got a little more size but it's kind of in the same mode as him to me mm-hmm. all right should we finish up here with the point guards this isn't going to take long <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a a bummer of a point guard class i i see one guy who is a potential star mike conley first of all is a player option that i there's no chance he's opting out of um so the the one guy who's a starter i think would be a target for a couple teams is fred van vliet yeah i've i've probably of all the players that are free agents this year i've probably been asked what i think he is going to get more than just about anybody yeah and i think the answer is going to surprise people i think the first digit on his contract might be a two and i say that because he's you have phoenix is looking for a guard i think the knicks would like a point guard i think detroit who is doesn't have a point guard and is coached by Dwayne casey uh and has all this money i think they're going to be a serious suitor and then obviously toronto has an incentive to keep him and if they have him at a number that's around 20 they probably still can make the math work on on a Giannis pursuit a year later that's assuming one of a Bakker or Gasol comes back on a one-year deal so he's he's gonna have a lot of a lot of uh uh traction as far as building up his his market because there's going to be teams bidding against each other for him i think yeah it's really interesting because he fits so many places due to his ability to defend either guard position and even switch a little bit he can shoot off the ball he could run some pick and roll for you can't finish at the rim but yeah uh it's enough to kind of get you into your offense especially on backup units he's good in transition pushing the ball so he's got a lot of things to like only 26 another one of the younger unrestricted free agents that you're gonna find yeah. it seems like he would probably go back to toronto especially because you know, they've got cal lowry as well but lowry is older and he expires after 21 and well so- his, his contract does <laughs> Thank you. No, I agree with you though. Van, Van Bleek going back to Toronto still makes the most sense to me. I just there's always the looming threat of like the batshit offer from the Knicks or something where that that Toronto just says, "Oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> we're not doing that." Well, so what's a, what's your walkaway number if you are uh, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and company in Toronto? I think when you start getting into like twenty four a year, right, and especially if there's a fourth year on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Thank, thanks, mean, Fred. It's can't been real. Get that much. Though, <laughs> right? Like, bro, like he's compare him to like Brogdon. That's like what Brogdon got. It's yeah. more than Brogdon got. Yeah, exactly. In a better, in a market that was more player friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think there there's when when you start getting to 2021, I think they start getting really squeamish. I think once you get start pushing past that, especially if there's a fourth year, or if there's other stuff that isn't friendly in there, it's like you you, you know what? Like we we'll, we'll make other plans. Fine. The thing about Van Vliet to me is I think if you're got a team that's ready to win and you have another really good perimeter creator, he fits in really well. Maybe you could argue that he puts you over the top. But if you're a team and maybe Phoenix is just this insane, but you know, they still have Rubio. If you're a team that's bad getting a 26 year old where you're kind of wasting his first couple of good years, like he's not putting you in the playoffs. Yeah. If you're a Charlotte or a New York yeah. type of team. Yeah. So 
the the blessing for Phoenix, I think, is they probably don't have quite enough money to really blow blow him away. I'm yeah, and they also probably have, have a, a, 18, they also have 19. other needs too. Yeah, and they might need to get a four, and I would argue that's probably more important for them, especially with all the guards available in the draft this year. So, which takes us to my my best candidate um, for a crazy free agent offer would be Phoenix over, completely overpaying Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, who who's uh, Larry Bird isn't there anymore? The points per game brigade uh, looks like Scott Perry isn't going to be the lead decision with, maker with the Knicks anymore. We there aren't really that many executives left anymore who just are like oh points per game good time <laughs> me up. Yeah, I, Clarkson did have a, a good year this year, especially yeah, he, offensively. He's a good six-man scoring guard for sure. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's, I, I mean, I think he's mid-level exception type offers would be reasonable for him, depending on the team. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I I do wonder if he'll end up getting more than that. It's weird because Phoenix could be a mid-level exception team still. Like they could just bring back Bain, Sarge, Kaminsky, and then use their mid-level exception on a guard, and that's not an unreasonable thing when you look at this market. But I just I just don't know if that's the direction they're going to go yeah we didn't talk about Sharich at all as a as a restricted free agent among and it's possible it's possible they don't qualify him if they want to be a room team yeah yeah or or that they pull it yeah i think that's probably you can do that unilaterally i think up to july 13th is the new number yeah but they'll they'll have to invent a new date for that obviously but yeah yeah um what else the point guard here as as we wrap it up so two guys all backups now right yeah two guys that i wrote down i mean chris dunn is an awesome defensive player he's a restricted free agent uh there are certain teams where he he maybe fits if you have other ball handlers and he could just be a bulldog defender that you that you throw out there against everyone um and then the the guy who was kind of sneaky good especially right before the league shut down uh was michael carter williams but again yeah I, like are you, are you going above the you know are you, are you giving michael carter williams you know 30 over three no so no I, I, it seems to me i mean maybe you know a Dragic could get one or two years at the mid-level maybe you could see that for him because i think mm-hmm. when he's healthy i think he actually does make a difference still he's another guy where it'll be interesting whether he goes back in miami or not any cap space they might have would be yeah that would kill on, it that would kill it i mean their yeah, cap scenarios um, depend on him leaving yeah unless they brought him back for the room exception that'd really be the only way yeah so and i think he could he can still really help a team in 25 minutes a game as a backup guard and he was closing games for them he still he still knows how to play like he, he's got that still got that brain he shot it well from three um yeah that's a, a anybody really dj augustin is out there too as a potential back i mean these guys are 30 shabazz napier reggie jackson i mean it's it's really it's it gets rough out yeah. there quick yeah. i mean i guess the good news is part of the reason there aren't that many point guards on the market is because most of the point guards are still under contract for next year and therefore teams don't have as huge of a need at that position yeah going to be quite a few guards coming into the league as well if you look at the draft pretty guard heavy what do you see as a reasonable offer for done i mean it's not going to be more than the mid-level but there could be teams who could offer something in that range you know i think he's below the tyus jones dalon wright three years at the mid-level that we saw last last year yeah would you give him with you know the taxpayer mid-level is around six he's he's i think he's certainly worth that wouldn't you say depends on the team yeah i mean maybe chicago just bring him back for around that amount of money that's true too i mean that's that's a reasonable scenario for the bulls i mean whether they qualify him is going to be a little bit interesting because his numbers his numbers high enough that it's not inconsequential 
But they're not really going to be a cap space. It doesn't. Anyway. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't impact their. Yeah, as I looked, I just pulled up their sheet. You're right. They can still use their full mid level, make their first round pick, and have his qualifier on the books, and it doesn't do them any harm at all. So yeah, so you're probably looking to restrict the scenario then. So yeah, some yeah two you know two years thirteen fourteen million something like that. Yeah, that might even be a little high. For, but I, I guess it's just you know if you think about it in terms of guaranteed money, I'm thinking you know fifteen million guaranteed, whether that's over two years or three. Uh, that's kind of where i would be for him all right this is fun i'm uh i'm still just fascinated to see where it plays out but i mean the number one lesson here is just so the mid-level like <laughs> that, that's yeah. where that's where we are on so many of these guys but i i guess the good news you would say if you're a team is there aren't that many guys who are worth that much more than the mid-level either yeah exactly it's going to be it's actually going to be a chore for a team like atlanta to find ways to positively use the space they have who would be your number one target if you were atlanta that you could realistically get um i actually what i would try to do is get ingram to sign a short offer sheet uh and and hope that i could get him back out on the market in the future and and do a favor (laughs) that way but failing that i mean who's the guy who fits where they are you know contavious caldwell pope is interesting to me because they need a defender on the wing they need a guy who's just going to shoot threes and doesn't need to do anything else and he fits that he's from georgia he won't be that expensive he's still fairly young like he checks a lot of the boxes in terms of what they're looking at even though it's not super sexy because otherwise like these other these other players they could potentially sign they're gonna have to go way overboard in order to get them right like you could you get malik beasley yeah but you you know you're gonna have to sign a ridiculous offer sheet that you just end up regretting a year later so does that really advance the ball for you? And I, I have trouble coming up with other guys here that really do that for them. Uh, I, I do think they're going to spend some money at the point guard spot too. So that could be interesting. You know, is, would that be a situation where Dragic fit? Where it's like, look, you're going to play 20 minutes behind Trey Young. We run pick and roll on every single play. So, you, you know, you'll, you'll be able to have the ball and do stuff. But, uh, you know, get them a veteran point guard who could prevent the sky from falling when Trey checks out of the game. Yeah, I, I like Caldwell Pope. Like he might be, assuming he opts out, he might be my number one target there. Maybe Bogdanovich would be the other one. Yeah. But again, you gotta, you gotta do something for Bogdanovich that once you, once you get a couple years out and you have Trey on a max and you extend Collins or whatever, that, you know, how do you, how are you feeling about that number then? Yeah. You could also just see them try to get, you know, maybe they go Jay Crowder and GR3 and just get a bunch of outs at the wing position. And just if one of those guys can defend and shoot, then you're, they can compete with Hunter and Reddish. Yeah. And they got center taken care of, backup point guard. Uh, and second string center third string center and fourth string center are pretty much taken care of too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah jones jr maybe could be up there as well and you just hope that you can continue to teach him to shoot but he gives you more athleticism on the wings yeah see i think you could side jones play him as a backup four but maybe finish some games with him and have him out there with deadman at the five and then like that you know that that can work yeah i mean he would be a fantastic role man for trey young yeah absolutely but yeah it's not a great year to have 47 million in cap space in, in the end especially because they've now already taken care of center which is the one place where there actually is yeah some kind of depth yeah yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if they, again they use it um they use some i think they're going to use some of it on players because they do want to make the playoffs but i still think they could use a portion of it just getting paid in draft picks to take on a dead body yeah and that there may be options for that now just due to the financial considerations yeah not necessarily the tax considerations for some of these teams and you know they could always 
go one-year deals and try to run it back in the summer of 2021 as well i mean maybe you go one big deal for a guy that you think could be a starter for you fill in the rest of it on kind of one-year deals or taking on bad money and then you uh repeat in the summer of 2021 hopefully looking a lot better having made the playoffs and teams are uh, yeah and you look like a better destination that summer all right uh let's get out of here what would you write about for the athletic this week before we go at the uh the athletic.com slash per by the way is how you sign up for that yeah so i i took a look at every single team in the league and what the implications would be for a lowered cap number and luxury tax number for those teams and uh so i I went through all 30 of them put them in different groups uh so that's out there and then uh got a couple more exciting things i'm working on for this week uh working working on a piece on the clippers working on a piece on the celtics and uh that hopefully will be out by midweek yeah john and i will be back next sunday gotta we're gonna do a bunch of film review actually put a lot of work in over this week surprise topic i'll once we actually finish that work and i know for sure we're gonna do it i will uh i'll, I'll tweet out what that topic is stay tuned for that it should be a, a fun one i haven't seen anybody else uh, do this one which is uh that's always good considering that pretty much every basketball topic has now been exhausted <laughs> during this <idea. laughs> yeah exactly exactly all right we'll talk to you all next week till then reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.